Hey, what's up? This is Johnny McBee, and you're listening to the Burn This World podcast. All right, I am here with Orion from In Dying Arms, and how are you doing today? I know you're chilling, but how are you doing? I'm doing very good, and I am big chilling, hanging out, you know, working on some mixes right now. Got a couple brewskis in me, you know, talking to Johnny McBee. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, mixes that you're doing. What are you? What kind of stuff are you working on? You working on in dying arm stuff? Yeah, I'm working on um, a track that has a very sick guest vocalist that I'm sure everyone knows. I'm not gonna say, but uh, I'm, I'm being a picky bitch right now and trying to go back and uh, you know retrack a vocal take here or there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, and the vocals are one of my favorite parts of In Dying Arms. They're just it's a very intense um mainly sticking on like the higher end and it is a very particular scream and so got to be particular. Oh, thank you, man. If it's that that standout section, you know. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, and uh the new music. So In Dying Arms, I this you guys just started releasing some new stuff again last year, 2021. And you've just released a new track not that long ago, like literally like a week ago or two weeks ago, right? Like four days ago. Oh, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how's the reception been going? Because you guys did have like a breakup, but you're coming back. And so how's how's it feel getting back into it? Um, it does feel amazing just to be able to finally put songs out that we've been working on for so long. Because after we broke up in 2017... I immediately, I didn't stop. I was like, I'm going to start a whole new band. So all of 2018, 2019, I was trying people out. We were practicing. We were meeting up. I was going through different people and finding the lineup that I needed. So I was going through all that type of stuff and nobody knew it. And then uh, I think it was late 2019, maybe, um, with my current lineup that I had. I'm like, yo, like the songs were turning out sounding like, IDA tracks because I'm like a primary writer. I'm like, I kind of want to bring IDA back. So I talked to all the previous members just to let them know what I was doing because they're not really doing music anymore. And they they gave me their blessing like, bro, fucking go ahead. I'm like, cool. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, no one was going to be pissed. So, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, you know what I mean? So then in 2020, we dropped our first comeback track called Cold and Empty that dropped the, the same week that COVID hit. So we dropped that. And uh, we, we had so many songs, but when COVID hit, I'm sure you know, it's like, oh, I don't know, like, what the hell's gonna happen? Let's just, you know, sit back and keep refining these tracks. And then, uh, you know, here we are. And uh, you being a primary writer, has that been how it's been since day one? Um, since No, since day one, uh, we had a lot of dudes that wrote uh, back when we were like, you know, 20 and stuff. But once we started uh, catching steam, uh, maybe with our 2011 album, um, I was like a secondary writer because our guitarist at that point in time, he's like a fucking magician. But I was good at coming up with really hard parts, like the breakdowns and like specific two steps and riffs. But he had he was way more technically sound. But I, I would learn a lot from him. He's not in the band anymore. I love that guy. But uh I, I've been practicing guitar ever since, so now I'm just like, I kind of have that sound in my blood, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, do you uh, have those moments where you're just thinking about to the early days and you're like, if I could somehow get all those fools back together, that'd be pretty sick. Maybe just to hang. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there was a lot of stuff that all of us could have worked on back then. Um but yeah, I'm pretty happy with with uh, where I'm at now for sure. Yeah, the the current lineup is the best. Well, being being so young, doing this stuff. I mean, when did you guys start? If you were really picking up steam in 2011, when did y'all start? Um, I started this band in 2006 when I was in high school. I was 16, and um, we we were terrible, bro. Like you can imagine, we we're just <laughs> like that. We were we were that band that would just fucking go play these random ass battle of the bands and fucking play wh wherever the fuck didn't even have any music out. We were just, we were just doing shit. Um, first EP though came out in 2009 and that's when people started to uh, discover that we're actually a band. 
Right. And yeah, the MySpace days, man. I mean, it really was way better. But the MySpace days were so fun. For, as Yeah. Yeah, it was fun as shit. I don't know why. Um, yeah. And in those MySpace days, what was the the big inspiration for you just as being young and doing, like you said, battle of bands, just kind of effing around. Uh, do you miss the days when you were doing that or do you like it being a little more like organized like it is now? Um, I like being way more organized now. It was fun back then, but there was a lot of embarrassing moments and a lot of, you like know, private, like just being shitty, sucking and fucking or playing for like two people or, you know, stuff like that. But, um, you have to embrace all that stuff, though. One of, well, probably one of my most embarrassing moments from back then. It was me and my my friends. We we always practiced at a church, and one day they needed a fill in drummer for like the youth group thing, and they would still play like metal songs and stuff at the youth group, but. Uh, we were playing, I was probably like 14, 15 and everyone was screwing up so bad that we just had to stop. And I just stood up and walked out of the room. <laughs> I would have, I would have done the exact same fucking thing, man. Jesus. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. brutal. <laughs> I, I think I might've been there before. I remember my, one of my first shows, we didn't even have a drummer. Like, like I was just doing shit. I'm like, what am I doing? Like no one, nobody likes this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just you know, it's all, it's all like, you know, you fucking learn, you live and you learn. And, uh, once you guys started doing some touring and everything like that, what was, uh, how was that in your, for your guys' perspective? Cause I know how it was for mine, but whenever you started doing a little bit of touring, uh, like what was the, the initial setup? Like, was it rough? Shit. Yeah. Yo, our first tour, um, what do we do? It was right after that EP in 2009. We booked a tour with another band that's irrelevant right now. And um, they ended up dropping off like right before. So it was just us. And it was like a 10-day run. We didn't know how much money we would need for gas because we're stupid. And like dudes fucking maxing out their credit card and fucking, <laughs> you know, we're and we for some reason we decided to go out in the winter we're freezing in the van we don't know anybody like we're broke it was not fun there was maybe one good show yeah that's how the first tour went yeah 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 i'm sure you've been there yeah definitely our, our first tour was in a honda accord we put a freaking trailer hitch on that and towed a u-haul trailer lord <laughs> yo <laughs> yeah not trying to go back but yeah uh humble humble beginnings it's cool to like go through that just to see how how the bottom is, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I I think it's definitely good to kind of start there and work your way up just cuz then you kind of appreciate where you might be in the future and like and not just be expecting too much. And so what was y'all's uh growth like going from that super rough tour where you didn't know freaking jack crap and then what was the moment that you actually started getting like relevant stuff to where you were like, Oh, we're actually doing this now. Um, on the very next tour, actually, um, honestly, we got a lot of stuff way too soon. Uh, we didn't rack up, um, enough experience from touring. Uh, we, after that tour was early 2010 and we dropped our first full length. And then we, uh, when was the next tour? We were setting up, working on our 2011 album, which was one of our big ones. And we uh, got picked up by Artery Foundation Management. They got us a tour with Legion, if you remember them. Yep. And uh, Legion and, uh, and Alcatraz 1962. Legion dropped the tour, but it was the first tour where it was actually booked by somebody else. And uh, so that was, I guess it was like a midway point tour. It was, it was, it was all right. But then the tour right after that, we opened the volumes via CD release tour with counterparts. That's where it started. And um, that was like two months later and we were learning so much shit and just fucking up stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like we didn't, we didn't do enough grinders to like uh, get all the etiquette down and stuff like that. So we were learning as we we're on those types of tours. It was it was so fun though, you know. And what what was the what were you like? Because a lot of people get into this and they don't necessarily know what to expect or what they're supposed to do. And so, what was the one of the biggest learning curves whenever you first started that you were like, "Dang, like I didn't expect that." 
Um, hide the weed. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, hide the weed. Fucking um, honestly, uh, shit. It's hard to explain. It's like you learn more about people because there's so many different types of personalities and how people are on tour and you know working around other other band members and other bands and a lot of people have egos and a lot of people um it's it's very hard to explain unless you're in that position but trying to find that balance because when you're young and you're getting opportunities like that you're just one thing you're excited so you're just thinking about performing and you want everyone on the tour like you and fucking all that type of shit so um it's hard to explain unless you're in that position. I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. But yeah. for anybody for anybody listening, you can probably already imagine. It's like your first day at school and you don't know anybody. And, uh, you know, th- that type of thing. You seem like someone that would very much so get along with volumes. Um, I think uh, we did. Uh, they had a member that wrote a bunch of the stuff and didn't tour with them again. Uh, what's his name? D- DJ Schwartz or whatever. He was great. Um, he was drumming for him at that point in time. He was awesome. Michael Barr was awesome. Um, didn't talk too much to a bunch of the other dudes. They were like hanging out with counterparts a lot. Like they're fucking homies and we would like goof with them, but they had their, their brotherhood thing going on. And like, yeah, it was kind of like, we were just kind of like there. Yeah. And that, that happens a lot on tour where everyone kind of, if they, if they're friends with someone, they pretty much just kind of stick to that little, little clicks on tour. It is, it sometimes it definitely counterparts is cool though they're awesome yeah. we had a lot of fun with them though they're fucking cool yeah and they're aren't they from canada or something like that yeah we were we were tripping out on their accent hey, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah that was like our first um better tour i guess was that your first kind of experience leaving your your like main home area so you were going out and kind of experiencing people in the world for the first time in those tours um the two before that as well we we definitely went out pretty far but as far as there being more people around definitely that one was uh the start of uh having that true taste of what it's like you know 100 yeah sorry one second johnny mcbee in the house sorry bro i'm fucking hype let me let me find out you cracking a beer too uh it's a Lacroix, so not not necessarily a beer, but shit, my man getting in there. <laughs> so with with in dying arms, what sound wise, whenever you were first starting out, like what were you what were you trying to accomplish whenever you you said y'all sucked and then y'all started getting the, a sound that was more likable by more people? What was what was y'all going for? Like what were you trying to do? What was the goal? Man, we were fucking doing what everyone else is still trying to do now. We're trying to sound like Azalea Dine, like all that type of stuff. Fucking, we were terrible. So we were, uh, that's probably why our band name is how it is, because Azalea Dying, and um, we liked the word dying, and it stuck. And uh, it, it kind of sucks now, because Tim had to go and try and kill his wife, so I'm a little embarrassed, but you know, it is what it is. But that is kind of like, Definitely one of the main bands that we were digging back then. Yeah. I mean, personally, with the whole Isla Dying thing, they were one of the biggest influences on me to want to do music more full time to try to actually do it with their DVD that they had. Um, I freaking loved that DVD. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, much. yeah. And I just, I think they're legendary. I think, yeah, I'll, I think I'll, I'll like watch all their shit. Yeah. And early on, like, what what was it about Isla Dying that was the the big influence to you? Um, Tim's vocals, his presence, and just the way that they executed all their parts. The, their music's not too difficult, but um, the way that they just had it hit there, there was no filler. Like they were a band that, like you could tell, they thought about how long each part should be and all that type of stuff. You know? Yeah, and that I mean, it hit me particularly um, weird whenever all that stuff happened with Tim. I mean, that was a while ago. And I mean, it, he was such a specific influence on me in my life. It would be different. My life would be so different if it wasn't for like him specifically, um, being a musician. And so whenever all that stuff dropped, like what, what did you, what did you think about it? Well, Tim trying to kill his wife. Yeah, man. Oh man. It was kind of a blow because I couldn't believe that he actually, you know, 
wanted to do that and actually like put it out for it to happen. And I was like, what kind of mindset was he in? Like what happened? Did, did his wife do something wrong? Was she going to take his money? Like what did she do to where she had to die? Like I was just, I had questions and they still haven't, they haven't been answered. I don't think it's just like some half-assed stuff he's talked about. I'm like, man, what the fuck really was going on, man? Like in your head, I want to know exactly what was up. Like you were about to kill your wife, bro. So I can't listen to them the same. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I don't jam them as much. I to me, it's less like I don't I don't particularly listen to the new stuff they're putting out now, but it's more like musically for me rather than that. I think that the music just isn't isn't there like it was whenever they were really in their prime and doing it. I think that the music even before they had to stop for a while was kind of shifting a bit to being more like a mainstream metal and it was already kind of taking me out of it. But um, definitely when they came back, it just, it, it didn't feel like it was them writing. It felt like they had someone else totally. writing the music. It, it just didn't feel the same. I agree that to be honest with the, with the new stuff, the, the standout is their choruses. They're, they're great, but everything else, uh, it's just filler for me. And, and Tim's vocals are, they're, they're not as uh, exciting. You know, he's getting older and stuff. That shouldn't be an excuse. But, uh, you know, I think it's the the different energy that Tim has now that he's older and stuff. It, it's not the same because if you're doing, you know, fast-paced metalcore stuff, you have to have that certain level of energy to, to your voice. And he's he he's a little more chill type of thing, you know. Yeah, and it it was also one thing that was kind of turning me off too. Whenever they initially came back, was all the songs were the lyrics were so blatantly just about that situation that I was like, I don't want to hear about this. Like, really, I just I want to enjoy the music without having to think about what these. I understand people write about what's meaningful to them, but it all felt like, oh, I'm sorry that I did that and I'm trying to be a good person. That's what all the lyrics felt like whenever they first came back. And so that really made me not really want to listen to it either. It, that's cringe to me when any band does it. I know that Asking did that when they had Dennis in the band, oh, like yeah. the whole album, they're talking about it. And also this CJ McCreary thing, you <laughs> know, obviously the the song is about that and he even named the band after Immortal in that one uh, Signs of the Swarm album. I'm like, dude, you can just let it die and just do something <laughs> fresh. You don't have to. You don't have to like live with that anymore. You, know, you can create something new. Like it's a new day. Right. Sorry if you hear this, CJ, but you know it's all good. Right, and that that whole situation is always weird to me too. And they're they're typically situations. Don't beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> they're typically situations I just avoid even talking about, like putting my opinion out there on anything uh, like that. But I I definitely it always feels it feels like that there was nothing like this up until the Tim situation, and then there just keeps being drama like with these in the, in metalcore and in deathcore, and I just like. For me, I just want to chill and listen to music and jam. I don't want to have to hear about everyone's personal dealings, you know? I hear it all the time now, right? It's like everyone's like, y'all doing too much out here, man. Like, let's just make music and fucking <laughs> right. have fun and enjoy it. Motherfuckers got beef for their fucking, you know, fucking everybody's wife or some wild <laughs> shit like damn chill bro chill <laughs> right maybe it's just the issue with the the modern world and everyone being too accept like accessible because there's no mystique anymore like you know the people personally that are in these bands you know it's just everyone's too out there yeah that's why i like to kind of space a lot of my stuff out i'm not trying to post videos all the time and show people what i'm doing or hop on snapchat all the time because like it just kind of ruins it kind of ruins it in my opinion i think so too i and i really do the same thing i i even like when uh went quote unquote missing for like a year almost uh leading up to releasing this album cuz i was like you know let everything drop off let people kind of not be bombarded with my crap for a while and then just go at it and people will be like whoa you know and so i kind of just let I it like i like how you said that 
I like how you said that. I like how you think, man. We think similar because I kind of did the same thing because I was doing all I was doing all this stuff I was telling you about when the band broke up and I wasn't saying too much. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't doing what I used to do. I wanted to kind of um I just love the element of surprise. Like that shit always works. Yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of took it from a lot of the, in the rap world, like rappers will just drop an album out of nowhere, not saying anything. They're just like, here's a whole album. There's no, there's no build to it. And everyone freaks out. So I kind of wanted to take that too, kind of get on the back burner a little bit and then people get excited again. And even still to this day, I'm, I try to post as little as possible while still posting like the relevant things. But um, because I don't know, so many people are bombarded with so much crap on social media. Like, I don't want to just bug them with more of my bullcrap unless it's something that's important or exciting for them as a as a fan or as a listener, you know? Exactly. Because then your shit will matter more than if you did post like five times a week and then you want to throw something you care about in there one time it's like okay whatever man like if like yeah i see you too much (laughs) (laughs) exactly do you feel that like how social media is is in the modern world is a it do you do you feel like it's way harder to gain people's attention or do you think that it's just kind of uh best because you can reach so many different people like what are your feelings of like the current state of social media and being a musician Uh, i think it's good because you can reach a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people go about putting putting themselves out there the wrong way because they're giving too much. You have to, you're in a band, you're in a position where, you know, you have a lot of people that look up to you or something like that. And um, you got to take notes from the other artists that are successful that have the same ability, but don't use it too much. For example, like, Jeremy from A Day to Remember or Ollie from Bring Me the Horizon. You don't see those types of dudes like posting all the time, all the shit that they're doing, like outside of like band stuff or important stuff, like all this bullshit that everyone else is doing coming up. Right. So that's kind of like the 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 difference, like how you see those artists is different. If I saw those artists too much and like everyone else, I wouldn't view them the same. So it's, it's all perspective. So you think that posting less gives that a little more of that like mystique to where it's like they, they have a personality in the band rather than just, oh, this is a normal person type of deal? Yeah, because if you make yourself too normal, then you're not as much of a big deal sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Not in, not in all cases, but, um, you know, I'm seeing bands coming up, posting way too much. And that's how I feel. I'm like, okay, I feel like I, feel like I know this person and I, I, I don't know them, but I feel like I do. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. And so what you're with relaunching, kind of relaunching, because you guys have been posting over the years, uh, but with how you're kind of reinventing uh and dying uh arms like what is your plan as far as uh how you want the band to be perceived like are you going to be trying to do more online stuff or are you just dropping songs try to get back on a tour when stuff opens up like what's your what's your goals currently uh man we kind of have a plan that we have in motion right now uh we are we were doing an album, but we've been scrapping songs because we've had so much time. And uh, we're actually like trying to go all in um, with this lineup and how the songs are turning out. And uh, we don't want to go out too soon because we haven't dropped enough to where, you know, it would be anything substantial that we could do. Um, but uh, we're trying to go all in. We do want to tour. We do want to do all that type of stuff. But uh, we're just right now we're just dropping tracks. Um, they're going to be coming out way faster now and, uh, just kind of seeing who bites, kind of feeling, you know, seeing, um, how the, how the buzz is going, kind of gauging what we can and can't do. We're not trying to just go out just to go out anymore. Um, because for a while there, we were just headlining everything, you know what I mean? And, um, we're trying to get more fans and like make songs that, uh, can get us on bigger tours and, and were you, were you guys app. were you headlining because you weren't getting uh opportunity as far as like good good support slots 
Uh, that happens a lot where where bands just aren't necessarily yeah. getting the the options to tour some nice bands, so you just kind of headline because you have to. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was after 2012. Um, then we started headlining, and it was fine for a while. We brought out bands like Kingdom of Giants and Sirens and Sailors and bands like that that were also great. And then we kept doing it because we weren't getting any any offers for any, any bands bigger than us. And I'm like, damn. So we went through a, a bunch of different agents and a couple of different managers. And uh, it was uh, the same result. And that's probably why we broke up because all the dudes like lost morale. It's like, oh, we're just going to be headlining forever. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, it's hard to explain. Well, that's, but, a, uh, that's a really tough situation to get out of, really. And it, it was a position that I was in for a long time, too. It was... Um, we wanted the tour bunch, but they're just, for whatever reason, it it just wasn't possible to get a good support slot. And the problem is there's just so many bands out there grinding for it that uh, if you're not on the right booking agency that will just throw you on their tours or have the right managers that will get you on, on certain tours, then it can get very difficult to be able to actually get on something because... The thing is, a booking agent is going to be like, well, if I put five of my bands on this tour, then I'm making five times the money, you know, or whatever. They're making money off five people at the same time. And so it just it makes sense that they yep. do that. But it really does kind of screw uh, a lot of bands that are out there trying to to do stuff like this. And um, so it, it wasn't necessarily because you wanted the headline, but because you just weren't getting the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this time around. We're just trying to put out tunes to, you know, we're trying to build that demand so that it's just more undeniable. Like we're, we should be getting better offers because the, the numbers are good or, you know, what have you, which so far they're better than the last um, album that we were doing. So, so far so good, but we're not trying to tour right now. We're just focused on putting out more music to kind of like, you'll know in your gut when, when you're, when you're there, you know? Yeah, definitely. And what do you think, um, like, whenever you get there, are you, is, do you think it's going to be from uh, something going viral, or do you think it's going to be from just uh, more people interacting with you, or do you think it's going to be from getting signed or working with a certain agent or whatever? Probably just consistency, really. We've been gone for so long. Um, we kind of need to show that we're here to stay and uh, put out some more jams this year. And, um, you know, because, like, from if I was someone on the outside looking in, I wouldn't know what the hell we were doing. Oh, they're dropping a song here and there. They're not going to think very much. So getting that consistency part down is number one, and uh, making sure each song is just a straight-out banger. Um and like, like I said before, it's all perspective. So once that all happens, we'll be perceived in a whole different light. We'll be in a better position to try to get more of what we want opposed to right now. Yeah. What what bands do you think or what style right now do you think is what um, people are wanting? Like, what do you think is doing best? Like, what bands are you jamming that you think are killing it? Uh, I'm jamming bands that fucking I probably will never tour with. but um. I'm jamming the fuck out of this new Bad Omens album, dog. Yeah. It's, it's fucking amazing. I love that album. I'm jamming that. Uh, I was jamming the Caskets album pretty hard this past year. Stuff like that, like more uh, singy-singy metalcore stuff. At least right now, that's kind of what I'm jamming. Is that the route that you want to go? Do you think that that's the sound that is kind of going to be popping off? Um... Not necessarily. Yeah, because y'all are way right heavier. Now, yeah, yeah. I I just like listening to that stuff. But I think all around, everything's kind of popping. Like, you know how there's always this thing or this trend that's happening like the past 10 years? There's always a trend that happens for like a year or two, then it goes away. Like, down tempo was hot. And then whatever was hot and new core was hot. And then it's always changing. But now, since COVID is done, like, fucking everyone's doing whatever they want. And everyone knows how to record and sound amazing now. And everyone sounds fucking great. And everyone's doing good. And I'm like, this is great. So now it's more about, is your song good? than are you following a trend? It's kind of what I'm seeing. 
And uh, I think that's a good thing. So I can't wait to see, uh, you know, where, where it goes from here. Yeah. So I'm following that. I'm just trying to make good songs. Like, is the song good? Who cares about, you know, following a trend or, or, or the style? Like, are, are we making a, a good song? Yeah. And with in, in Dying Arms, we always, you know, mix up genres. So we can kind of do whatever we feel like and it'll still sound like the band. So that's cool. Yeah. And I think heavy music, like the heavier the music is, the better it's doing right now. Personally, I think that it's probably the most hype that heavy music has had in a very, very long time. Um, totally. And, and so I I personally think that what really pops off right now and what sets people up is having that thing that reaction channels can hear and just everyone in reaction channels going crazy over it. Oh, I love it, man. We had a, a few um, already pop up and they're fucking hilarious. <laughs> I yeah. love them. I feel like you need to react Fucking. to stuff. I feel like your personality would be perfect for it. Oh, I've been told that all the time, but bro, I don't got no internet. I'm, I'm rocking the hot spot. <laughs> yo, yo, man. Like people are like, yo, you got to fucking, you just need to talk, man. I was like, yo, I'm down. But, you know, I'm out in the cut, y'all. You know, I'm out here, bro. I can't get no internet. I'm trying, man. <laughs> so do you, do you think that being out there, though, is helpful, like, for your writing? Because you're working on music a lot. Do you think it's helpful being out away from the hubbub? Yes. Yes. Because uh, I don't see as many people since I moved out here um, a few years ago. And uh, I still have friends out here, but uh, I just work and I come home, work on music, hang with the fiancé kind of living the simple life but um mostly working on like every night i'm like working on something uh way less distractions kind of be in my zone um yeah yeah yes definitely 100 yeah i because for me it i i was in the same boat as you we talked about that before the podcast i personally like living out in the middle of nowhere because i like right now i'm traveling around to these uh cities kind of just because i'm working at trade shows and i feel like every day i'm like okay we're driving for like an hour somewhere sitting in traffic or two three hours to where we're just trying to go to target and ends up taking up four hours where if you live in the middle of nowhere there's no target within 30 minutes so you just don't go you know (laughs) you just sit at home bro it takes yeah, yeah, dude. It takes me 30 minutes just to go to Chick-fil-A. I'm like, fuck Chick-fil-A. I can't, I don't feel like driving an hour round trip. I still do it though, but yeah. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> well, sometimes you got you know, you know. it. It's different living on the country, y'all. If y'all don't live in the country, like, you know, I do miss being able to drive one minute away and hit the gas station and like, you know, get a drink. But nah, man, like I can't do that anymore. It's it, it, it's, it's a whole different lifestyle. I'm used to it now, but it is very different. I mean, I, I really think it's better for creative people because for me, too, one of the big things, I mean, I was I work on music so freaking much that whenever, whenever I'm not, it was just nice to just step outside and not hear anything, like not hear traffic, not hear dogs barking, like could just step outside and just, you know, it's peaceful. <laughs> 100, you know what sucks? I don't even get that. I got two dogs, bro, and they're both <laughs> young, and they drive me fucking crazy. At 3 a.m., they're up. I have uh, two pits, and one's like a half-breed with a husky, and that motherfucker is vocal as fuck. They'd be fighting at 3.38 a.m., just, like, start fighting. But one of them likes to, like, be vocal about it. And like, oh my God, shut up! <laughs> did you did you ever hear that? Um, it was an old MySpace like slam project called K Ninus. K Ninus. Yeah, it was a it's a band that had like pitbull barking and like growling as the vocals over slam music. That sounds gangster shit. Yeah, Hell for yeah. real. I'm I'm thinking you might need to start that. Just set a mic outside that records overnight when your dogs are getting it. Just take those, put it over slam, and there you go. Yo, game. Yo, okay. Okay, I have an idea now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thank you. Johnny McBee, you just set me up for greatness. <laughs> yeah, and you can take, like, some really, like, hard pictures, or it can be, maybe you can do, like, gore slam, and it's, like, pictures of your dog, like, ripping up dead bodies and stuff. It'd be pretty sick. Ripping up fucking stuffed teddy bears oh, and shit. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you can go that route, too. A little, <laughs> a little that's, more that's, safe. That's all they do, man. Fucking, if y'all don't got dolls, get them. You'll never sleep. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm right there. I I have a two year old daughter and I have an eleven year old Malamute, and so uh, something's getting torn to crap. 
You got your hands full, dog. You got your hands full. Oh shit! Terrible twos. Oh lord. Yeah, dude. And it's uh, it's definitely hitting that point where it's, I like, I want to work on music as much as possible, but so many other things going on. And so with you, uh, you know, having a, a job and then you know having fiance, two dogs, all that. Like, when are you finding the time? Like, so many people struggle to find the time for this stuff. I'm still trying to find balance. Um, so like today, it's Tuesday. Tuesday is my day during the week when I am completely free. So I try to cram as much stuff as I can, like major things on a Tuesday. And usually late, very late at night, I'll be up to like, you know, 3, 4 a.m. trying to do a little bit at a time each night on whatever project I have just to feel productive get get closer to something just because i i feel like i have to like or i want to but um yeah uh that's kind of how i do it i just i just have to find the time yeah and that's that's how it's been for me the past couple weeks is um because i try to i try to give my family as much of my time as physically possible and so once my wife is like ready for bed, I then I'm like, okay, I, so I like have to put my wife to bed, and then I go out and I'm working yeah. till one a.m. <laughs> that is literally one hundred and ten percent exactly what I do. And I know she's gonna hear this; she already knows. But when, whenever she passes out, I like lay there, and I'm like up thinking in my head the whole time what I'm about to do, yep. <laughs> and then I'll get, then I'll get up and fucking start going ham. And you know how it is. Sometimes I'll be laying there and I'll be getting halfway tired too. And I'll get up and try and I'm sitting here and I'm like half assing this shit. Like, okay, tonight's not working. Like all that shit will happen too. Definitely. It it, it gets hard too because I also wake up with my daughter at 6 a.m. So it's like I'm literally, I think it's going to kill me like this lack of sleep. But there's something in people like us that just has to be doing something for it. And like you said, laying up, laying up at night, I'm sure so many people in this podcast that are musicians, it's the same exact thing, sitting there thinking about breakdowns. And I, for me, I, I have a notes app on my phone that just I do like breakdown patterns. I'd like have to go into the bathroom and like whisper like this music idea into my phone so I can remember it for later. Literally exactly the same thing. Yep. Yeah. And so for you, it is just trying to work in it. You have like a day dedicated to trying to do creative stuff, but then at night you just work it in whenever you can. Work in whatever I can. Usually I get a good amount of stuff done, uh, but sometimes it just turns into practice where I'm like working on this vocal part. Then I'm just like hype on screaming. So I'll just like do the track a bunch. Like maybe I'll find, maybe I'll, I'm kind of feeling it today. Maybe I'll take some takes. Then I'll do it again the next night. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just screaming. <laughs> and, and do you, do you think that this type of route is uh, something that would be possible to to be able to make like have enough time and enough creative uh, time to be able to actually have a successful like uh, project like this? Or do you think that there needs to be more time invested? Uh, no, I think this is good, um, especially if you have a whole band and, and everyone else is doing their part, uh, putting in the same amount of effort as you, if not, whatever. But, you know, uh, for me, I'm like the primary writer right now. I'm just stuck on this mix. See, for me, um, I I can mix, but I would prefer to um, I would prefer to just be creative like the last track we just put out. Um, it was my mix and, uh, there's stuff I probably fix about it now, but, um, it takes up so much time. If anyone's listening and, and, and you mix, I'm sure you can agree and you can attest to this. You'll double guess yourself. And like the next day you'll feel differently and you'll go back and you want to change something. Then you'll, the next day you'll jam in the car. Like, oh fuck. And then next thing you know two weeks later you're back where you were two or, weeks or before. worse it sounds worse at that point yeah you're <laughs> wasting time and at the same time there's other tracks that need to be finished just on the creative sense to finish them with new ideas and that's where i really want to hop in there so i prefer not to so i i definitely want to uh you know find the the right fit to send tracks to because i 
it's just too much. I don't have, I don't have time to fucking really kill mixes. I, I, I'm trying to be creative, bro. Well, I'll get you hooked up with my drummer. That he he mixes full time, so I get you hooked up. Yeah, he he actually he actually did a Death Wish for us. Oh, so the last track. Who'd have thought? <laughs> uh, yeah, Death Wish came out last year. If you haven't heard it, check it out. Cody did that, and he fucking slapped that shit. Yeah, and so I'm I'm right there with you on the whole mixing thing. I did the whole last record by myself. Wrote 100%, mixed, mastered 100%, and dude, it was a nightmare. It really was. Uh, but yeah, I know. Do what you gotta do. Cody was, yeah, Cody was actually telling me, yeah, like like I already know, man. Yeah, I know. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. It, it is a bitch because yeah, I, I'm sure you agree with everything that I was saying a second ago. You're like, fuck, I'm double guessing my shit. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then also it was driving my wife freaking crazy having to hear that crap for so long. Yes, okay, yes, yes. My my fiancé probably hated me because, like, <laughs> I, I I probably uh, ignored her a lot. Like, uh, there's so many nights I would stay out, just come to bed, like, bitch, I gotta get, sh- I gotta get some <laughs> shit done. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and you it's tripping. hard, too, especially in, in with, the, with the pandemic and also just getting so settled in. It's gonna be very difficult, kind of getting things back into full swing, and I uh, that's why I'm on this next tour that I'm doing. I'm flying my wife to her favorite vacation spot during the tour, so her and the baby are gonna be chilling in the mountains in Colorado while I'm out on tour. That's how I'm getting away with it. Yo, nice. Yeah, okay, you have that going on, but yeah, finding balance is cool. That's why uh, I would just prefer not to. I, I have more fun being creative than trying to like finalize tracks with the mixing sense. Cause it, you can do whatever. It's so much freedom in that. If, if anyone in here mixes, like, you know, there's so much freedom. You can have it sound any type of way. Fucking any drum might sound good with it. You just gotta like make up your mind and pick one. It's really just that making up your fucking mind. Yeah. And for me, the doing the mixing as well on myself, I, some, so much of the stuff changes sound wise. Once you get to a mix and master to where, I was full on almost writing parts in the mix where I would be like, you know, actually I've listened to the song 5,000 times now and I think a breakdown would be really sick right here. So I would just like copy paste, make a breakdown and it was changing songs being, being in it full on throughout, but it really was, it was driving me freaking crazy. And so uh, I've been recently um, really working on outsourcing a lot of stuff that I would typically do myself so I was even doing, you know, shirt designs myself. I was doing all the web stuff myself. I was doing everything myself. And I just recently have been really trying to get other people involved to kind of help me manage my time better and also to kind of hook people up with some money to, you know, hook other artists up and try to get people paid. And I think that's really important. And so your current lineup, you said you said that everyone's kind of a uh, pitching in everyone's kind of doing doing certain aspects yeah which is cool because for the first time uh, i have a lineup where everybody in my band has the capability to record everyone tracks their own demos everyone knows what they're doing so it's actually really cool being able to do stuff like remote and send stuff back and forth because before maybe like one or two people could but having everybody being able to do it is like a blessing yeah that's that's pretty sweet. Not not many bands would have it like that either. So you definitely could take advantage of that. Um, how did you feel about all these bands that were doing like stream performances, like online performances over the pandemic? I think it was cool for the during the pandemic just to stay relevant and show you still got it. Um, but uh, I guess there's no point in doing it now. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of all. That's kind of all. I, that's kind of it for me, I guess. Like, you know, it was, it was cool. It just seems some of these bands, I felt like they were just doing too much. Like they had like some of these bands had a full blown fucking like everything was happening. Like they're at a fucking venue too. It looks like a music video. Yeah. I'm like, this is cool. But then like, and then it's gone. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, I I felt like a lot of them were pre-recorded. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to call out any specific, but I definitely don't. I know what bands sound like live and it doesn't sound like that. So I felt like a lot of them were like kind of pre-recorded or at least mixed and fixed after the fact or something. Uh and I don't know. I felt that I felt it was yeah, 110%. 100. Yeah. yeah. It had to have been that. And I just think it was cool in the moment, but 
I think there's potential for it with like VR in the future. If people could like pop in and actually be moving around inside of a room, I think that I think there's potential for that. That would be fucking sick, actually. Like, yeah, let's see where this goes. I haven't seen too much of that lately because shows are back. But uh, if uh, if that happened, like how you're saying, shit, I'd hop in there and fucking like spin kick a motherfucker yeah. in VR. Imagine it was like a concert in VR, and instead of a mosh pit, people are like, you know, hitting each other with swords, and they're like, they have to survive, like literally survive in the game to stay through the concert. And then fucking Slipknot's on stage going ham. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That would be the most epic experience. Fucking people people, people equal shits playing and you're fucking slicing and dicing motherfuckers, man. <laughs> and the, the, the last person standing gets some sort of like flown out VIP with Metallica or Monomarth or something. That'd be... That'd be sick. I'm I'm going to have to make this happen somehow. Get a billion dollar. Yeah, like literally the fucking... <laughs> The fucking imagery in my brain is going off right now. That that's an I that's a fucking idea right there. All right, I'm gonna need a uh, meta to hire me, Facebook, you know. <laughs> give me give me a couple billion dollars and I'll make this idea happen. That's what I'm saying. I'd be having ideas all the time talking to like people like you who are creative. I'm like, yo, I can make money and then I forget. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have money to make money. That's the hard part. Yes, sir. Fucking it's crazy. Anyone listening, like I know it's hard, yo, but keep fucking rocking because, like, we, we're in the same boat, man. <laughs> we're in the same boat. Yeah, and, like, that's kind of one of my thoughts, too, with a lot of this stuff is, uh, like, with even ideas, I, I have all sorts of ideas for companies, and I try to implement as many as possible, and the thought is, like, one day one of them is going to stick. And so with you, um, or one of them is going to hit, be hyper-successful, so... With you rebranding, or not rebranding, but more so not rebranding and redoing In Dying Arms and starting to back up, do you want to do like other music projects just so that you can kind of throw yourself in multiple outlets or are you just like gung-ho like this is the one? Uh, definitely just only, I mean, I, uh, I have a couple other things, but it's just mainly for fun, but 110% um all ida mainly because it's my main outlet to let out whatever's in my soul i gotta let out and also because uh we've we have the sound like i said before where you know we do the heavy and the melodic so we can go both sides of the spectrum of what i like so i can tap into whatever emotion i want to let out any vocal style i want to do I, I can already do that in ida so I'm kind of straight with that. Gotcha. And so you, you, for you, it's just all in on that. For me, I'm just, I freaking like, I'm going to do this project and this project and this project. I can't get myself to stop, but maybe if I did just focus and be like, yo, I got this one thing and that's it. Maybe I'd be a lot better off, but I just can't, uh, I can't get myself from one to try. You totally, you, you got it, man. I think you can. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's cause like, how uh how some of those early albums were they were they they had uh you know a wide range of different sounds and different melodic stuff and post hardcore aspects and this and that i like all that stuff and if, if it was just a straight deathcore band i probably would want to do like a side band do like a post hardcore thing or do a side band do like a straight like wage war thing or whatever but like you know we can kind of mix all that in uh with the IDA stuff. So I, I I'm good. Like I, I fucking love it. It's yeah. Cool. And I mean, for me, I've, I've had this thought at least maybe other people don't think like this, but like after, because I, the Browning became a full band in 2010, but I was doing it since like 2005 uh, as a, like a solo project on MySpace. And one of my thoughts that I have sometimes is, you know, I've been doing this for, uh, you know, 17 years writing this music and you know 12 years as a full band and if it hasn't like really popped popped yet like you know that that million monthly listeners or two million monthly listeners like is it worth continue doing or should i just go full blown and try something else you you don't necessarily have that same thought with like yo i've been doing indian arms for 14 years now maybe i should try something else uh no definitely not especially now um probably because the breakup i had such a long break of not putting something out 
and refining the sound. And uh, I guess it's hard for for you to hear like where I'm coming from because uh, we have so many different tracks and hearing how different and how 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 much better they sound. Um, the the evolution of the sound because it's it's so much different. Um, I'm actually doing more stuff that I actually like opposed to like the last album or whatever. So I'm in my happy place with, with, with music. I'm letting, I'm getting out what I need to get out um, with, with this new sound. I can't wait for y'all to hear it. Heck yeah. And, and that's mainly it for me. Yeah. And I, I think that there, there is a benefit too to sticking it through like, like you are and like I am with the Browning too, uh, because people have seen our names for so long, like inevitably they got to check it out or inevitably we got to do something right. You know? And you're good though, man. You got fucking what? 250,000 monthly listeners right now. Like that's like a shit ton. Like everyone knows, Everyone knows who the Browning is, and I think that that's something to pat yourself on the back for. Everyone knows who the Browning is. Well, not like maybe everyone in the world, but like everyone who who listens to this genre, like they probably at least heard of the Browning. And uh, it's like getting it to the point to where everyone knows multiple tracks, like a shit ton of them, and like getting... uh, you know, I mean, I can't explain it, but like getting over that hump. Yeah. Um, you're probably trying to do that right now, and I, I, I think you're going to, to be honest. Well, I think I think it's inevitable for a lot of bands that really do to do grind it out. So I think in Dying Arms too has that potential to be like, uh, this is kind of a a name that everyone has seen for for a long, long time. And then inevitably have that moment. I mean, bands like Attila, I mean, they toured for like seven, eight years before they, or they were on like album four before they finally had a breakout moment. You know, it it really does take some time sometimes just to, uh, you got to put yourself out there, but then just wait for that viral moment. And so, uh, what do you, what are you going to do? Are you going to, are you going to write something, try to get that viral moment, get on that TikTok game? What are you going, what are you doing? Bro, I'm just fucking trying to make, like how I said before, like w- with how the scene is now, I think it's yeah. a good thing. I'm just trying to make um, good good songs that are, are catchy, that are memorable, way more memorable than the old stuff. And uh, just seeing the comments on on the the video, like people are saying this is probably like our best track. That's that's good to me. Like um, that shows progression. As long as you see progression then like you're going up and you're going your own path like everyone has their own path you don't have to have the path that this band or that band did to reach whatever goal you want and uh you know it's gonna go somewhere as long as you see progression i think you're good as long as you're getting more listeners and like even fuck the tours if people know who you are um something's bound to happen at some point in time how you said it's like inevitable it's going to be undeniable something's going to happen it's going to it's 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 going somewhere so yeah follow your path anyone listening follow your own path don't fucking try to copy anybody fucking do what you feel works for you and if it actually works keep doing it Definitely. And it's it's good that you have a good outlook on it because a, a lot of people are um, oftentimes too focused on the business aspect, which I catch myself on, or the growth aspect. And whereas it seems to me like you do really enjoy what you're doing. Like you're not even questioning the fact if you should do something else to be more successfully business-wise. You're like, no, I'm, I'm, this is my passion thing and I'm, I'm all about it. And so that's good to see because you don't, you don't get that a lot um, in the modern world. I think that the modern world really has people just climbing and just thinking about that nonstop that it's like F the passion. I just need to do what, what's the, the best, most optimal business move. And I catch myself doing that all the time. But, um, I mean, do you think that, that you coming from the roots, like you've been doing this Probably for having the break? Oh, the break is what gave you that. Yeah. Did you, did you feel it was a, a moment of like, you don't, you didn't I know think, what you had till you didn't have it anymore. Yeah. I th- like going off what you said, I think the the break helped me with that because I was able to focus on myself and like, well, well, I don't have my band anymore. Like what, what truly makes me happy me as a musician like I'm probably never going to stop making music. So I'm just going to keep doing this because it makes me happy. The The progression is happening. It's going somewhere. I'm seeing 
other people are happy from it. So I'm happy just with that alone. And uh, if anything else comes from that, cool. Of course, there's still business moves happening. But um, th- this right here, like the, the buildup is what we're supposed to embrace and enjoy the most because the this is where all the stuff is happening. You got to embrace it, make the smart moves, you know, make smart moves, enjoy it. Don't fucking, you know, get too bummed about things or because you know how it is or or people too you see everyone else doing these things it's easy to get bummed it's easy to like get envious it's easy to do all that stuff but i'm sure those people have things in their head too they probably don't think that they're at where they're supposed to be um so you gotta think about it like that everyone everyone has that too everyone thinks they can do better so uh just keep on going on and like you know be happy with what you've done you know, everyone should be happy with what they've done. Everyone has fans. Everyone's making a difference. You're touching people. You're helping people. There are people out there who say that, you know, some of these songs save them or they're depressed or whatever. Like, you're doing that. That's fucking amazing. Like, keep keep on doing that. Like, don't forget that because that's actually what matters. Yeah, for sure. And definitely trying to, you're, I mean, you're a very positive person and that's, that's a rare thing to find in, in a lot of, uh, the, uh, people with a, a longer career in this, in this scene, especially And this new song that you guys have dark days, um, and it did just release, uh, what is dark days particularly about? Um, this track, uh, it was made because our guitarist told me a story. He wanted to make a song about uh, his friend who was, this is depressing, his friend was murdered at gunpoint. Um, It was a buddy he was in a band with back in the day, and he eventually, like, went his own path, and it was the wrong path, got into drugs or what have you. Maybe he owed some money, and uh, he was killed at gunpoint, like, behind his house or something like that, and he wanted to do a track for him. So I, like, I was inspired from that so i made lyrics but i want to keep it broad so that people could uh relate to it and not just have it be about that and same with the video if you've seen the video um it's this dude who is uh at gunpoint it was actually me in the video but i have a hood on but um at the end of it this dude takes the hood off and it's him the message is like you are the one um who has the power to kill yourself you have the power to make choices and it's, it's actually very simple like i think very simply even with the music stuff you know like never forget where you came from with it and like what you wanted to do and don't let all the extra stuff like cloud what your true intentions are and mess your mind up you know what i mean because i was i was like that way too um before we broke up, I was so concerned with what everyone else was doing. And we got to do this and do that and blah, blah, blah. Then just, uh, you know, congratulating yourself on your accomplishments and seeing the growth. Like, we're still going somewhere. Like, you know, see that through. Unless you're at a stalemate, you're backtracking. Maybe, yeah, maybe break up. But, you know, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's how I see all that type of stuff. And anyone listening, I hope that helped because, uh you know, it, it really is that simple. If you're into music, like if you were any, if you were not even in a band, you'd probably still, still be making music. And uh, and at that point, it would be that simple. It can still be that way, you know, in a professional band too, just to keep your sanity. Because I know how hard that is. Because I was there, and I had to, I had to like break free. So I'm glad the breakup happened. You know, I think things happen for a reason. And now I'm in a better headspace and seeing things way more clear much happier uh of a person and i just want to make music that people like and uh something will come from that yeah and i think that music as a whole is such a to me it's like the biggest relief whenever i i finish a track and i go jam it for the first time it's one of the best feelings and even even if I wasn't in a, a quote unquote successful band, I would definitely just be writing songs. I mean, the amount of songs I've written that didn't get released that I still listen to personally is so many, and it's it really it's is just one of the best <laughs> feelings. I'm trying to drop so many songs that just are never going to come out. For <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know why. I totally 
vibe with that right there. Yeah, like everyone who's listening probably can agree. Motherfuckers got tracks. <laughs> yeah, and it's I think it's important just to get out as much different styles and as much music as I can, even if I do keep them to myself and um it just it is one of the most relieving feelings to me like finishing out a full song and um with someone that works on music full time i i know for a fact you got a ton of music probably sitting there yeah yeah they're never gonna see the light of day never because uh you know how it is like you progress as you're doing this especially for me with this break all the tracks we wrote in like 2018 2019 that are still bangers but the songs that are coming out that we're writing now are so much better like you know wouldn't be make much sense to hold those back you know i mean and and mess up the the flow of things so yeah songs do get pushed away but they're still good i wish they came out when they did but it's all good i get it you know we gotta you gotta show growth than just putting out random tracks that or in different time frames, and it's going to be confusing how the fuck did y'all get here, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, personally, I I use those songs that I wrote. I have tracks still that I listened to from, like, seven years ago that never got used, but I'll go back and jam them, and I'll, I very much, a lot of times, take parts from songs I wrote so long ago and use it in modern stuff. I think it's nice that we have the ability to kind of have this journal of our music we've written over the years, and we can go back and reference it, I'd it really is like a progression in my life, like just being able to go back over each year and listen to the crap I wrote that year. It's it's pretty sweet. 110%. That's actually the Dark Days track. We started writing that in late 2018. That's one of the earlier tracks. And we went back like later on, like, you know, the last year when we did the video and fucking like, you know, spice things up and spent a few extra months trying to update it and doing this and that. And it came out how it did, but all the riffs and stuff were like old. The only thing that's kind of new is like the chorus and some of the sounds, but like we were holding on to that for a while. Same with the next track that's coming out with the guest spot. Um, I wrote that like early 2019, like all the instrumentals. Um, and we've just been holding on to it. We're finally dropping it. It's like, what, three years old now? Fuck, dude. Damn, sorry, y'all. <laughs> and it's just sometimes you need a break from a song. Like, you work on so much stuff, and you can go back and be like, actually, this song is really tight, even though you put it down for a couple years. Yeah, mainly because we like locked in the guest spot so long ago. And uh, it was for the band I was going to start after the breakup, but then we decided to bring IDA back, but we're going to use this song. And then we dropped some other songs first. And then it's finally this song's turn. And it, to me, it's old as fuck, but I, it still bangs though. It, it, it's uh, the track coming out next after dark days is one of the heaviest tracks we've done in, in uh, a long time. So I can't wait for y'all to hear that. What was going to be the name of your band that you were going to start? It's terrible. Tell me, I <laughs> know. Track. It was called Seneca with the S I N I C A, with like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. the the opening track to my album Isolation is called Seneca. Ooh, see, I knew we had, I knew we thought like, <laughs> yeah, that's great because I just made that word up in my head. So here we are, both of us. You're like my long lost brother or something, long lost family member or some shit. I mean, you have a lot of really big similarities it's kind of weird yeah fuck what up bro <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i'm i mean i've i i really liked the new song and i i like the death wish song as well but all the stuff that you're releasing right now i think is definitely going in a good direction and uh really the the vocals are so stand out and so you got to do some vocal play through these things you got to do the the live vocal take put that out that's what really showing what's up because your vocals are sick man Oh, thank you. I probably will. Um, I've got time. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> it's just the time. And I, I got to fucking, I should have finished this next track like weeks ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm, I'm behind y'all. Yeah. My bad. Oh, you're good. I knew my band's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I appreciate you talking to me. Uh, Orion from In Dying Arms and everyone got to check out Dark Days and go check them out on Spotify and be sure to be listening to their new stuff too i mean i think that it's good to see uh, an older name still putting out good music and looking good and doing it right and so 
definitely I'm, I'm excited for everything y'all about to be doing for sure thank you bro i feel like we're brand new right now like that's my vibe i feel like we're like a new idea like it's a new band to me even though it's not to everyone else but that's like the vibe that i have with it it's like new well you can like, very much have that with like a like uh just a relaunch of the same thing i mean your guys's promos look really good you don't look dated uh everyone looks good looks young it's definitely there's no reason that it can't have this relaunch and be bigger and better than ever it's about to be that's for sure you know what i'm saying like that's the vibe we're, we're, we're going for it right now y'all you know it's 2022 out this bitch everyone should be flexing now <laughs> everyone else is <laughs> fuck it hey we made it we survived everyone else is flexing like, All right, yeah everyone out here flexing like, i'm trying to flex too hold up <laughs> All right, well, I will be what talking up? to you here soon. I appreciate you being on here. It's over easy. Check out IDA. Dark Days is out now. It's on YouTube. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, wherever you jam music. Hop on that John. IDA coming at you. All right, peace out, man. Peace out, my G.